Well, hey, Anthem, Bert here. Uh, you are listening to me right now because we had a couple of people text in some questions from last week's message, and I wanted to circle back around to those questions. So we're in this part in Colossians, uh, just as a little bit of backstory. We're in this part of Colossians, Colossians chapter 3, in this paragraph towards the end that functions for Paul uh, like a case study of how to live in our new identity. So what Paul has done for the first couple of chapters in the book of Colossians is unpack uh, the greatness and glory and bigness of Jesus and all he's done. And then in chapter three, what he does is kind of pivot to, okay, here's who you are. If you've been raised with Christ, here's your new life. Put off the, the things of your old life, put on the things of your new life. Here's your new identity and here's how you live. And this last paragraph, starting in, in verse 18 of chapter 3, is, is a bit of a case study for Paul of, okay, if you really have been changed by Jesus, it's got to affect every part of your life. And here's a couple of the most common parts of your life that need to be touched by Jesus, your family and your work. And so... We've done some chatting around marriage, husbands and wives, and this past Sunday we we taught on on children and parents. Basically, how do you children? How do you obey and relate to your parents because you've been changed by Christ? And parents, how do you parent your kids and raise them up in in the way of the Lord because you've been changed by Christ? So, first of all, if you didn't listen to that teaching, go back and listen to it. Uh, but we had a couple of people text in some questions. And whenever that happens, I'll do a follow-up podcast uh, answering some of those questions and maybe digging in a little bit deeper on on things that have maybe piqued your interest or pinged your mind or you wanted to go further on. So I do want to once again say, uh, if you have not yet picked up Phil and Diane Comer's book, Raising Passionate Jesus Followers, please do. We have some books on our website, anthemventura.org slash books that, that we recommend in the way of parenting and and that sort of thing, but this is our favorite right now. They're the friends of Anthem, and they've wrote a phenomenal resource for, for parents uh, of all stages of life, and, and honestly, even if you don't yet have kids, but you think kids might be in your future, this is a great read to prepare you for that. So just want to get that out there and say, if you haven't already, pick up that book. It's phenomenal. Um, but the two questions that came in, I'll, I'll start with the first one. Um, and, well, actually, let me start by rereading the text here just to jog our memory, and then I'll jump into these questions. It's verse uh, 20 and 21 in, in Colossians chapter 3, and Paul says, Children, obey your parents in everything, for this pleases the Lord. Verse 21, Fathers, do not provoke your children, lest they become discouraged. Okay, the first question we got in was uh, from someone who asked some psychological experiments, and they listed a couple, have shown how obedience can be dangerous. Do you have advice on teaching wisdom and obedience and when obedience to authority figures is necessary? That's a phenomenal question. Uh, because really, authority and obedience is a huge issue in our culture today. And and even as I read that question, I imagine a lot of you can are thinking of the worst case scenarios of blind obedience. Uh, and that's not what we're talking about here. And what we what I do want to limit this to is is, is we were talking. Um, about children and parents, the way Paul writes to, to obey your parents is limited to parents. This is not a blind obedience to every authority figure everywhere. But I will say, in the Bible, there is a common pattern. And that common pattern is that Christians ought to obey authority figures. 
That's the default posture. Obey government leaders, even if you didn't vote for them. Obey your parents, even if you don't agree. Obey your teachers, your boss, whatever. That's the default posture, is to respect and obey authority figures that God has placed over you, with the caveat that when they ask you or lead you to do something that is outside of Scripture, outside the will or the bounds of God, that is when disobedience is necessary. So that's kind of the blanket pattern in Scripture But ultimately, as we talk about obedience, especially with kids, uh, the child who does not learn to obey his parents is not likely to grow up obeying any authority. And if you can just picture a world in which millions upon millions of people grow up not obeying any kind of authority, that sounds like an awful, chaotic, anarchistic world, and that is not what we want or desire. That children who does not learn to obey their parents, they grow up defying teachers, they grow up defying police or officers of the law, they grow up to defying bosses and their employers, and and anyone else who tries to exercise authority authority over them. So not instilling obedience in your kids is harmful for their future, but it's also harmful for their faith. Uh, our friends Phil and Diane, I shared this quote on Sunday, say, we train our children to obey us so that they will grow up with the inherent reflexive ability to choose to obey God rather than their own impulses. Okay, there's a couple of things in that quote that are important. We train children to obey us, not simply so they obey us, but so they grow up with this inherent, reflexive ability to choose to obey God rather than their own impulses. Obeying God is a choice. And when we train our children to obey us as the authority figures in their life, we're training them to reflexively obey not only other authorities figures in their life, but but God himself, rather than their own impulses, which are not very trustworthy if you know the mind of a 12-year-old. Those impulses are not always very trustworthy, and so we want to train them to obey God rather than their own impulses. Now, what is interesting is, for the most part, uh, children do not create problems in a family, they typically reveal problems that are already there, right? Parents who cannot discipline themselves cannot discipline their children, okay? That's important. Parents who are not walking in discipline themselves cannot discipline their children. They then grow up with these inconsistent kind of go-by-the-whim type of parents that create really unhelpful and unhealthy patterns in these kids. So if a parent and a mother are not under authority themselves, not only can they not exercise authority over theirs, they can't model it well. And then children then see this hypocritical type of relationship where they're demanding authority to them but not actually placing themselves under any authority. And that's why it is so, so important for parents to model their own submission to to other people and their own authority figures in their life. Maybe it's to elders in a church or other members of a church, the Bible itself, their bosses, uh, law enforcement, whatever. That's why it's really important for parents to see that they themselves are modeling what they're teaching their children. So it's one of the things Sherry and I try to do is we try to ourselves model that we are submitted to the church. We're submitted to scripture. We're submitted to other authority figures in our life. And so when we call them to obedience, we're, we're, just, we're instructing them on something we've already modeled to them. 
It's only as parents submit to each other and to the Lord that they can properly exercise balanced spiritual and physical authority over their children. And we, we talked about this on Sunday too, that a good marriage is foundation for that. If they see parents submitting to each other and then calling their kids to obey, they can, they can look on that and not see it as hypocritical, but as actually something that's desirable. So these children, Paul are, are, is writing in, in verse 20, are to obey in all things and not simply in those things that please them or are immediately gratifying. Children, obey your parents in everything. And this is probably where we're getting tripped up. This is like, wait, wait, everything? Will their parents ever ask their children to do something that is wrong? Probably. But if the parents are committed to submitting to the Lord and to one another, that likelihood decreases severely. And if they're raising up, and if they're loving each other and raising up children and loving them and modeling this kind of submission to the Lord and to each other, the likelihood of that goes, goes way, way down. So it is possible to please parents and not please the Lord if the parents are not yielded to the Lord. So this, I mean, there's a whole lot of circumstances. If we're talking about children obeying parents who are not uh, Christians themselves, then those kids have a really hard time and a really rough time trying to decipher, okay, I want to obey and honor my parents, but also not disobey the Lord. But in light of uh, Paul's frequent Call back to Old Testament teachings, both here and in Ephesians, his reference to uh, it being pleasing to the Lord in the second half of this verse. Um, really, when we're saying in everything, it's referring to the teachings of parents that are consistent with the law of God. So if, you know, parents are asking crazy things of their kids that are outside the, the law, the will of God, outside of scripture, then then, of course, you know, holy disobedience is, is necessary. But a family that lives in an atmosphere of love and truth, that's reading and saturating and soaking in the word of God, family that prays together will have an easier time discovering God's will and what it means to please the Lord in their obedience. And so back to your original question, do you have any advice on teaching wisdom and obedience and when disobedience to authority figures is necessary? That is a great thing for a parent to do. And one of the best ways a parent can do that for their kids is to model it themselves. Obey authority figures. That's our default posture as Christians, but being discerning on when holy disobedience is necessary when those authority figures deviate from the laws of God. Okay, second question. How do you protect your children from your strict and non-loving parents? That is a phenomenal question, and that question could actually maybe have different answers depending on what you mean. And so maybe I'll draw out a couple of hypotheticals. Uh, so the imaginary situation is, is you have kids uh, and then you have parents that are, that you're classifying as strict and non-loving. And so how do we handle that? Uh, we could be thinking of extreme cases, you know, where there's potential for abuse or a hostile relationship, or it could just be differences in parenting styles. So kind of for either one of those uh, scenarios, I, my first would be to, my first piece of advice or my first kind of what to do next would be to create boundaries. Create boundaries. One of the best things that you can do for your kids is be the bad guy. Now, now what I mean is not be the bad guy to them, but be the bad guy to other people. Don't be afraid to put up the necessary boundaries for your children. Don't worry about being the cool parent or being liked by other parents or maybe your parent or just like kind of giving in to the way things have always been done. Your call to parenthood is way more important to that, okay? And once you start having kids, your primary relationship is not your parents, but it's to your children. 
So we should, like Paul says, try to be at peace with everybody. But if your children are experiencing a hostile environment or even a dangerous environment, you need, it is on your job as the parent to distance yourself and keep them from your kids. Maybe it's just for a a short amount of time. Maybe it's for a longer season. Throughout scripture, the focus is always on protecting the marginalized and the powerless. And in this instance, your children are, are, the more, are more powerless than your parents, okay? So if we're talking about extreme cases of abuse, hostile environment, dangerous environment, whatever, it is your responsibility as a parent to guard your kids from, if necessary, your own parents, if that's, if that's what's happening. So that's maybe more in the severe case. The responsibility is on you and you have to create distance. You have to create boundaries. You have to physically remove yourself. Um, that, that needs to happen. But if it's less severe, so maybe if we're just going down the road of it's differenting parenting styles, um, I want to say that's absolutely normal. Like every, every parent will have differing parenting styles in the way they were parented. Some of that it's just generational. Some of that is you live in different places. Some of that is you're married to a different person. And when your worlds collide, you have a different vision and philosophy for parenting than maybe your parents did. That's totally normal. And one of the things we've had to learn, both Sherry, uh, my wife, and I have, have great parents. Uh, we we Definitely, our childhood was not perfect, but we're thankful that our parents raised us in the Lord and instilled in us uh, incredible values, and they're phenomenal grandparents, so we're, we feel very lucky, we feel very blessed, uh, but even with our phenomenal grandparents, our parenting style is different than theirs. It's different than how they parented us, and it's different how they grandparent our kids, Okay. So even if it's just a differing of parenting styles, even if you have great parents who want to learn how to grandparent well, you need to lay out your plan for parenting and ask them to adhere to that. So if you're going to lay out a plan for parenting, that means you have to have one, okay? I think a lot of us just kind of go in like freewheeling. If you are, are coming into conflict with maybe your parents and how they're treating you or treating your kids or whatever, you need to have a plan, uh, a philosophy of how you parent your kids. How are you raising your children up in the Lord? How are you cultivating Jesus followers? So the first step, honestly, is, is you need to have a plan for how you're raising your kids. And once again, I, you know, I don't want to beat this drum, but please read Raising Passionate Jesus Followers. Phil and Diane do a great job helping parents cultivate a plan for how they're going to raise their kids. So create a plan, create a system of values for your children. Like what are the the values you are trying to instill in your children? And have a conversation with your parents and ask them to adhere to that. Okay? That may feel really awkward to you, but that's one of the most important things you can do. And then after that, you can create a series of boundaries that are necessary. So after you have that conversation, based on how they respond or or kind of what those next steps are, you'll need to create some boundaries. And some of those boundaries are, you know, your parents can babysit, but they can't babysit longer than three hours or four hours or whatever. They can't do overnights or uh, they can't handle disciplinary things on their own. They have to call you or kind of whatever it is create a customized plan for your parents, create some, some boundaries. And, and maybe honestly, once you have the conversation about how you're, you're trying to raise your kids and they say, okay, I'm all, I'm all in, no problem. Uh, maybe you don't have to create that many boundaries. Maybe they just say thumbs up. Thanks for, thanks for bringing me in the loop. Um, 
chances are it's a little more layered and complicated than that. But, but if that's the case, that's awesome. But have a plan, create a plan for parenting, share that with them, and then create the necessary boundaries. Uh, and honestly, if, if at the end of the day they, they won't adhere to those boundaries, they won't to submit to that plan that you and your spouse have created, then honestly, like, you have to decide, can we live our kids in this environment? Uh, I, ha- I have several friends who have young kids who can't leave their kids alone at their parents' house because they cannot be trusted to discipline the way they discipline, to instruct the way they instruct, to correct the way they correct, to encourage the way they encourage, etc. And, and that's hard for them. It's hard for the parents, but it's the decision the parents have to make. And listen to me. You, as a parent, cannot give in to the social pressure of other friends or even your parents. You need to seek the Lord. Get on your knees, pray, listen to the Holy Spirit, search scripture, get with good parents that you, that you want to emulate, craft a plan. And if the people in your life, whether it's friendships, whether it's siblings, whether it's parents, are not going to respect that and adhere to those boundaries, you have to then be the bad guy for your kids. You have to create an environment in which your kids are going to thrive and consistency over and over and over again is one of the, the one of the absolute top priorities in, in terms of how kids grow. They need consistent environments. They need consistent environments and discipline and correcting and encouraging. And if you can't bake on friends, siblings, parents, whatever, being kind of the consistent in the way you are laying out, then you need to then kind of pull back and decide how much are we actually going to have our kids interact with those people. So kind of depend on what you mean, like some extreme cases, obviously, if there's a potential for hostile danger, abuse or whatever, get them out of there, create distance, and then maybe create some boundaries and and steps of reconciliation. If it's just kind of on the other end of the spectrum with differences in parenting, then once you and your spouse figure out your plan for parenting and you share that with them, uh, and based on how they respond and, and, and kind of what's next, uh, maybe there's a series of boundaries you need to create. Maybe they're light duty, maybe they're heavy duty. Um, but I hope this was helpful for you. Those are the two questions that came in this week. I do want to encourage you, each and every week we have a number you can text up. If there's something we're teaching that you have questions about or want to go deeper on, uh, please text us in. Uh, it is so fun being able to respond to these questions and go a little bit further than we can on any given Sunday. So I hope this was helpful. Uh, you can go listen to our teachings in iTunes, in our uh, mobile app, on our website at anthemventura.org. And if you have any questions, if you want to get in touch with anyone or if you're wanting some more marital or parent-type resources, or maybe you want some marital or parenting counseling, uh, please reach out to us at ventura at anthemchurch.org. We'd love to hear from you, and we'd love to help and serve you however we can. But in the meantime, know that we as the leaders are praying for for you. We're praying for uh, our parents, our families, our kids, our singles, our just-marrieds, everyone in our church. We're praying for you and trusting that the Lord is at work, changing you to become like Jesus more tomorrow than you were today. So with that, have a great week and we'll see you soon.